Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You've had a real long day. Nothing good is on the radio. So let's talk your troubles away. Just a couple of guys trying to analyze the things we do and see. Play a game or two, maybe an interview. Oh, what a place to be! It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way! What a good sign! What a good thing! It's a good day for a good time with good hang. All right. So the thing about these afternoon recordings is that we always do it around lunchtime, uh-huh. like before lunch. Yeah. I can feel myself going to get gradually hungry throughout the episode. <laughs> you know what? You know what's the thing is? Is this time we're not ordering food. I got. I got. I put. The, I did the KFC hack, but with Arnold's. Oh my. You think it's going to work out? You put like fried chicken in a rice cooker? Fried chicken, raw rice, water, a little bit of nor bouillon, shallots, garlic, gravy. Mm -hmm. And the problem is I'm not sure if I put too much or too little water, but we'll see. Did you put like, oh yeah, you you put fresh rice, right? I mean like raw Raw rice. rice. Yeah. Right. We'll see. It should be fine. It'll be good. We'll see. We'll see. How did you enjoy your 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 first taste of Arnold's? Yeah, man. Singapore's own. None of that KFC Popeyes bullshit. I, I popped my Arnold's cherry. It was good. It was so funny because my 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 expectations were quite high, mm-hmm. and it was good. I feel like they didn't do like however they do their batter. It's pretty. It's like quite thin. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not Like it's not like no no. It's it's not like a it's not like a buttermilk kind of like craggly chicken. No. Yeah. It's 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 more like um. I don't know how to describe it. Shake like, and bake. In my head, the word that comes up is spring chicken, but I don't know what that means. Spring chicken is just like a smaller chicken, right? Is but it? But I do know what you mean. Because like every time, okay, like I, I remember growing up when like you go to like the Western stall or whatever. Yeah, spring chicken. They would always have spring chicken, and it would be fried the exact same way Arnold's yeah, 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 does yeah. it, where it's like it's not like a KFC like crispy. It's closer to the KFC original, right? But like, but still very far. Yeah. Like, it's not like it's battered. It's like it's just dredged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you think they use egg? Or probably. Like, pro- yeah. Probably. Like an egg into like a flour mixture yeah. into the fryer. Another place that does a really dope fried chicken in the similar style is called Tender Fresh. Tender Fresh. Tender Fresh. Tender Fresh. Like, if, if, if you're from Singapore and you know where it's at... You know where it's at. <laughs> you know where it's at. Yeah. No, I need to do my own my own home home fried chicken because I fucked it up last time and it's so I'm so sad about that. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I made a I made a little chicken burger a few weeks ago. That was good. Um, a la Popeyes slash Shake Shack, and I think I did a better job than Shake Shack. Like no, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I prefer mine to Shake Shack. I prefer yours to burger. Shake Shacks too. Come at us. Come at us. Pro- prove to us we're wrong. All, That's the, right. The only thing I need is a better bun. Yeah. And I'm I'm so fucking lazy to bake anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just never want to bake anything in my life. Like I, I very occasionally have the desire to like bake something and that's if I want like a very specific cookie or something like that. Like a like a specific snack. Um but I will I don't think I will ever like go through the trouble of baking bread. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you if you didn't make bread during COVID, then you know you really don't want to make bread. Yeah, <laughs> like the the time has passed, the window is closed. Like if if COVID bread wasn't a thing, no, no way. Yeah, it's just too much work. I don't I don't think that's what it is. I don't mind like making food with lots of prep and lots of like me too. Time. No, but like the from what you get out of it versus what you get out of it, it's like yeah, I think it's, it's more like it's of like it. I think it's more of like it's a lot of work and. Um, if you fuck it up at any point of the process, yeah, like literally between step one and step eight, if you fuck it up at any point of, of the process, your bread is gonna taste like ass, right? Um, it's too easy a, to fuck up. Yeah, as opposed to like regular food, you can kind of adjust. If you fuck up like steps one, two, and three, you can save yourself in four, five, and six. Is, is it because it's too left brain for you? Maybe it's not as right brained as some other cooking can be. I guess makes sense. But also, it's like for all the time and effort and everything, you can just go to a store and buy yeah. some buns. And we got we have great bakeries near us too. Yeah. So it's like like buy a bag of four buns for like three dollars, as opposed to spending half your day. Oh yeah. no, no, not even half your day, like two days. Probably, yeah. You got to really plan ahead. Yeah. For a burger that you'll consume in like three minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Because I I've looked up brioche bun recipes at least like fifty times in my life, <laughs> just kind of like. You know, flirting with the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my God, that thing needs to rest like 20 times. <laughs> okay, not literally 20 times. It needs to rest like three times or four times, and that's too many times. Yeah. I can't think, I, I honestly can't think of anything that it, in the bakery world that I'd rather, maybe like a simple cookie, I guess. Or like something that's hard to get. But like, yeah, if no, it's exactly. Like bread or if exactly. It's like a, so, so far, the, the things that I've, I've, baked in the last few months have all been things that i know i cannot get or are difficult to find yeah so like i made a corn cookie that was good a la milk bar that was really good i made a uh dark chocolate chocolatey chocolate cookie i don't know how to describe it it was like a sea salt chocolate cookie yeah that was okay um i love those like, no, i like the corn cookies like the chocolate because you don't like you're not a chocolate fan that is true yeah like those were like my shit i love those things and i'm gonna make some again soon um, but you can actually find those at Kith Cafe. You know Kith, K I T. Oh yeah, yeah. I really didn't like those. <laughs> yeah, they have they have those at Kith Cafe. Um, but they're so expensive. Yeah, they're so overpriced. Um, so for the same price, I can like buy the ingredients and make like fifty of them. There you go. Um, and then a few weeks before that, I made these very this very specific chocolate chip recipe. Um, yeah, for a guy who doesn't like to bake, you sure bake a lot. No, it's it's literally just these cookies because yeah. cookies are pretty brain dead in the sense that yeah. like you don't like there's a lot of room for error. There's a little bit more room for error. Yeah, than bread. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because you don't have to like rest it, proof it, and then like try. So it's essentially like when you make a cookie, or at least to my very basic knowledge of baking, you create the batter. Mm -hmm. You and that batter, you can adjust the flavoring at any point, at any stage. Yeah. You let it rest overnight. And then you bake it. Yeah. I think some cookies, you don't, I think a lot, you don't even have to rest. You should, though. You should, though. You should. Like, it's one of those things where the, the recipe won't tell you to. But if you stick... Okay, like, this is how you should bake cookies. If you if you intend to bake cookies in the next few days, listener. Um, make it late at night. Yes. Like, make the batter late at night. Um, like, after you're done with whatever it is you're doing. So just make the batter, make it late at night, put it in a bowl, cover it with saran wrap. Put it in the fridge overnight. Next morning, whenever you're free, just start 
clumping it up and sticking it in the oven, and they're going to be so much better. Because first of all, they're going to be easier to mold. Um, That's true. They're, they're not going to be as... The, the dough is not going to be as runny. It's sticky as well. Yeah, because if you... Chances are if you're baking in Singapore and you put the batter straight into the, the oven, you're going to end up with like pancakes for cookies. They get very flat. Yes. Yeah, they get very flat, a very unsatisfying shape. But when you put it in the fridge overnight, let it get like craggly and sticky and all that, then you mold it properly and you can really start to like mold what shape your cookie is going to take. Is there, is there also some science shit? Like, is there something with, like, the... There's also, like, something about how the sugars, like... powder, something, something? I'm not sure. I, I can't remember what the, the exact thing is, but, like, something happens to the ingredients where, like, they just, you know, they get to know each other, I yeah. guess. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Milk Bar, like, um, yeah, there was an episode of The Chef Show where they went with, with Christina Tosi was on. Yeah. And, yeah, she freezes her cookies. Mm. Yeah. Like she freezes the batter? I think so. Makes sense. I don't remember. I guess. <laughs> Does she have a cookbook? I would love a milk bar cookbook. She has several. Yeah. Yeah. She was a freaking like judge on MasterChef. Of course she has a cookbook. Was that cereal cookie? Is that what it is? Cereal milk cookie? I forgot, what, yeah. I forgot which one I really liked from milk bar. It's one of those. Crack pie? May, uh, what was that again? What's in that again? I don't know. I've never had it. I've never been to milk bar. <gasps> I'm surprised by that. I've never been to milk bar. It's just that when I saw the corn cookie recipe, I was like, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's such an unassuming place. It's like in the East Village. It's just above um, Momofuku Ramen Bar, which yeah. I hate. Yeah. I like noodle bar. Well, you can't compare like American ramen to like the yeah, stuff that you like can Asian get ramen, here. Asian ramen. You know? Because like there are a few like Asian. Okay, like when when I was living in Boston and, and, and would go to New York every once in a while. I knew for a fact that Boston was like a no-go. There was no good ramen in Boston sounds at like, all. Sounds like a business opportunity. At, no, at the time. There oh, is okay. now. But at the time, there was none. There was one good place, but it was in like a whole different... It was in like a different, different, different neighborhood. Um, you had to take... I couldn't even cycle there. I had to take a train. What the... Um, and the queue was like always nuts and just full of Asians desperate for some good broth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but New York... I would say like the ramen places there are split between two like Japanese immigrants yeah, yeah, who yeah. like legit just open those like are, a those are good, good old place yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's like Asian Americans who open it and like we're gonna do it our style American style and then it's like they put cheese on it or some shit and it's like stop I can't imagine what American style ramen is I don't think I've had much all I know is that Momofuku just didn't make yeah at least when I was there maybe it was like a year a couple years before it would have been okay yeah. but when I was I was long after David Chang wasn't there it was not good well I th- if I remember correctly one of the places that like was doing like a more like hip thing had basil ramen Ew. no not a good thing not a good thing like Ew. basil is a nice touch to like I, I kind of get where they were going with like pho you know all that you know you put basil in your pho but it doesn't work yeah, not with no. ramen no. like not with a thicker broth Yeah. not with a broth that has like like so much like fat in it already. Yep. Oh, it's happened. I'm starving. <laughs> Earlier even than I expected. But hello, listeners. <laughs> Literally just as you said that, my stomach grumbled. That's hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to episode 142 of the Good Hang Podcast. And, I'm John. And I'm Nathan. Woo-hoo. And we're and you you this is this is baked talk. Yeah. Where we where we talk about baked goods. While baked. <laughs> Bro. Um, Dude, um, I had a friend. Well, not had. I, she's still my friend, but we just don't talk <laughs> anymore. <laughs> we just don't talk as much anymore. But um, uh, I, I knew this girl back in uh, the day. 
and she was like a professional baker, like a legit professional baker. Nice. Like she worked at a at a bakery. Not a, no, not even a bakery. She worked at a pâtissier. What the fuck? Yeah, she worked at a pâtissier. Did she wear a very tall hat? I think sometimes. Wow. Uh, and she she also like went to to, to Paris for the schools and the things and Whoa. all of those things. Um, I remember looking at her recipe book once, and I was just like, I knew I knew right then and there that yeah, this is not for me because <laughs> like a lot of numbers, dude. The ingredients were like <laughs> down to the the point. Two like the the point zero zero Grams? decimal point really yeah so there were two decimal points wow. it would be like thirty six point five eight uh, grams of baking powder or something like I that I feel like that's on her like I feel like that's her style I don't think so dude like if it's like oh it's point five nine Mm-mm-mm. it's all fucked I, I genuinely think that's how they do it over there I ju- and like because they're not making like cookies and cakes they're making like fucking macarons they're making to the like, 100th of a gram yes okay like Maybe. you need precision and I, I think some of those things were like pigments and dyes and stuff like that so you get the exact color okay. so it makes sense okay yeah but it's still like blows my fucking mind like at that point it's like Okay, then you have to like stir and make sure none of it is on the whisk as you take it off or else that affects <laughs> It's like what the fuck? No, no, that's not right. Because the the proportions will still be the same. Fuck off. The yeah, proportions okay. in the bowl will be the same as the <laughs> yeah, proportions okay, in the I whisk. Guess. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh now I want to bake. Oh, I just remembered the last time I tried to bake a cake. Oh yeah. <laughs> COVID cake. The last time I tried to bake a cake was for one of our flatmates' birthdays and it was a complete fuck up. Like I I, I was thinking It looks pretty. I was thinking like, oh I'm gonna make a strawberry shortcake. Like it, it looks good. It was a very ambitious like first thing to wanna do. Is it really? I think so. As far as cake recipe goes, is that a particularly difficult one? Because okay, like what I was going for was baking a tall sponge. Yes. Cutting it down like the the, right. the horizontal. Right, right. Put a little frosting in the middle. And then like yeah. Cream on like bottom, middle, and top with like strawberries in the middle and on top. It's kinda magic because instead of that we got a brick. Yeah. <laughs> so like my my cake did not rise at all. Like it pretty much just stayed exactly where I where the, the batter had been put in the pan. Yep. So I ended up with just this like kind of like like it it was like a single layer and I was like I still want to frost it sure no no I'm still gonna cut down the horizontal yeah yeah because yeah, I, I still want to like do the thing but I couldn't do that because it was too thin so I ended up just cutting it in half and <laughs> oh yeah that's what you did I you cu- cut the yeah. circle in half I cut the circle in half that's I right. stacked the semicircle on top of each other and I presented half a cake <laughs> it looked good <laughs> covered in shit frosting <laughs> I mean it looked good. Yeah. Oh man. I was I was I was proud of the effort, but um yeah, no, it didn't work. I think my mistake was that I chose to uh beat the batter by hand. Oh yeah, that's that is tough. Because I didn't know that we had a hand mixer. <laughs> yes. I just right. wasn't aware that we had one. So I was just beating it by hand, beating it by hand and like it it no. That's didn't not, work out. Can't do it. Yeah. And we had another roommate have a birthday yesterday. We wisely bought a cake this time. Yeah. Wait. So how did how how did people in like the olden times, the olden times make cakes without hand mixers and without a, t- a hundredth of a decimal point? Well, I, it's more so like were their cakes just all like denser then? No, they probably just had slaves do it. I guess. <laughs> 
just two, just two guys throw humanity at the yeah, problem. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially how you fix most of pro- life's problems. You just imagine like a, a like an egg beater hooked up to a treadmill. They just like having little children run. <laughs> <laughs> or if it's just like they 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 coil a rope really tightly. And 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 tie a, a slave's legs on it. Oh, that's terrible! And then they let it go, and he spins. <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like they they made fires. Maybe they just do that thing with like the bow and the rock. But it's instead of like a stick on a wood, it's you know. No, but the, the whole point is that like doing it by hand is just like you can't get the fluffiness needed for cakes. Maybe you can't. Probably. I don't know. There's probably a technique that I just don't know. Yeah, different materials. Yeah. Or ingredient materials ingredients. Yeah, so how how is how how's your week been, Jonathan? Not so bad. It's been pretty good. Uh yesterday I think I made my proper proper debut as a director. Oh shit. For for a film cuz like again my LaSalle kids, uh shout out if you're listening, you're probably not fuck you guys. Um they wrote sketches and I I was teaching them to like improv and bring out their comedy side and they wrote sketches and yesterday we shot them. It was like a proper like tw- uh, 10 hour shoot. Wow. There was a DP who's very uh, good at what he does. He's the guy who shot um the pitch. Yeah. So he definitely knows his shit. And then I had to step up to the plate and be like, this is what I want. And this is what I envision. And this is my composition. I made I made a frame with my fingers. You know, I did the whole seven, seven L, uh, L7 thing, you know. And I was just like, yeah. Uh, looking forward to seeing that. Wow. That's it. I've been watching some, there's been some interesting stuff coming out though, movie-wise. Wait, but going back to the the, yeah. the, the students thing, like they, that's great that they have so many resources at hand for a this is like a final project, or like no, a... not even. It's like their mid-year, second-year project. Wow. Uh, yeah, because they're they're um the the at the current head of musical theater at La Salle is a guy named Dale, and he just he's like he's been there forever. So I mean he's been around forever. So he's just calling in favors. So like it's all he's mm. doing a pretty cool job actually. He's throwing jobs to alumnus, mm. assuming we're up to the task. So it's good. It's me, friend of the show, Irwin. That's cool though to yeah. to give them so many resources. Oh yeah. It also makes me wonder like is it good or bad for them. Because, like, like, there's something to be said about, like, you know, being a, 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 an art student who has to force him or herself to be extremely resourceful. Oh, no, no. We're doing that, too. Okay. Like, we're forcing them to be resourceful. But then, um, so, like, halfway through. But you gave them a director and a DP. Yeah. And so cameras. Ha- <laughs> but, they, but they wrote the script. They That's did like the storyboard. They did the acting and everything. But they wrote. That was the main thing. Right. And it was just to show them the process. So, like, I was holding oh. their hands throughout. Like, this is why I'm thinking this. This is why I'm doing right. this. So they can do it themselves. And then halfway through the thing, so a couple weeks ago, what they had to do was recreate a music video or a trailer shot by shot. Right. So they did that on their own. Mm. So it's cool. And it's like we're just preparing them for... Like, it's cool because, like, what Dale wants to do is prepare them for, like, a digital world. Right. Like, a COVID world. So, like, they're doing this. They're learning how to write songs. They're doing all this stuff. Because usually this course is just, like, here's a song. Here's a dance. Do it at the same time. Woo. Interesting. But now they're really progressive. Yeah, it's really cool. I'm very excited for this batch. And they're good kids. They're good kids. They're a good bunch. I, 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 okay. <laughs> I, I briefly met them. I believe you. Oh yeah, a couple of them were here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the what you call it, man? Like arts education. That's that's dope. Like that's great to hear that. Like it's it's it is where it's at. Like I always wished that I had an earlier arts education. Mm. I didn't really do it until like college. Right? Well, what do they do in Lasalle? Uh, sorry, in Singapore, is it like do they, you always have like an arts class? Because I feel like I always had an arts class. Yeah, I had arts and crafts. Yeah, um, which I failed constantly because the teacher didn't like me. <laughs> That's weird because you're so artsy and no, crafty. she she was straight up biased. Like because wow. she, she didn't like me because I was like an asshole in class. Sure. Because like on the very first day of art class, 
and like literally the second day of school, secondary one. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of okay, so imagine this: outside of my secondary school art studio, mm-hmm. there were these um, like uh, what do you call it? Like clay stars. <laughs> okay, okay. Fine, fine. let me describe it properly. Um, essentially, the wall was covered in these like art projects and these like clay stars like with like paint and like they were glazed and everything so the students had done yeah students had done it and like they were just like put all over the wall in this art studio Mm -hmm. Um, I saw this and I climbed it um, like a rock wall I chose to climb it like a rock wall Uh, she saw this she got very very upset I I understand Um, I think yeah (laughs) she got very very upset and then from then on she pretty much just never really cut me any slack and I failed almost everything. Oh, man. Yeah. So she was like the anti-Robin Williams from Goodwill Hunting. Pretty much. But also, like, I'm pretty sure it's, like, not right. It's, like, borderline immoral to, like, f- constantly fail a kid who is not bad at arts, but only because <laughs> you don't like them, you just fail them. It's like, your life drawing Nathan Hartono is not good because yeah. you climbed a wall. Yeah. She also kind of disillusioned me to a lot of, like, like religious bullshit. Oh. Yeah. Because she was extremely religious. And, like, it was very... And, like... Some people took advantage of it in like a very evil way. Like, Jesus told me to make, no, literally make these colors together. Literally, well, not literally that, but they would like uh, paint a cross, <laughs> and then she'd be like, "Wow, so nice!" <laughs> <laughs> and it would be like a fucking cross with just like 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 some like like blue and yellow around it or something. Um, That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was crazy. It's like stop making these people art teachers. Like this is not how you teach art. This is uh, how yeah. you teach subservience uh, yeah. and like some kind of strange. I, I don't know, man. The opposite of art. Yeah, it was a very strange arts education in that sense. Um, the music class in my secondary school is also kind of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just like put us in a dark room and put on like sh- like Nutcracker Suite <laughs> or something like that on the projector. Um, and go like, all right, look look at this, and how does it make you feel? It's art. It's art. <laughs> Your feelings are art. Yeah. So like, I, I I had a very skewed perspective of like arts and music when I was in secondary school because like no one really gave a shit about it. So naturally, I felt no one really gave a shit about my interests. Oh. Um, and it wasn't until like junior college uh, that because I was in choir, so that's you know inherently somewhat artsy. Um, and I, I also took drama as a subject. I wasn't in the drama club, but I took drama elective as like a How subject. old were you? Like 16? 16, okay. 17. So yeah, pretty. But like, and yeah. there was always, like, I'm sure there's always something since like you were like four years old, right? There's always like finger painting or whatever. Eh, sort of. I just kind of drew like on, on my own. Like I just drew, I just drew stuff doodler. on my own. You're yeah, doodler. Um, but like, I recall in in, in junior college, the drama elective thing it it wasn't as in, as like like what what you're describing in your class sounds great yeah that they're given these resources that they're also given this freedom to like kind of explore what they want yeah these are degree kids though so you know oh okay fine. yeah well still i was like like our our grade was going to affect our a levels which was going to affect our university sure. slash college so right, you know, right, it's right. still pretty important yeah, of course um but yeah my my drama education is very very different. Yeah, like they kind of just said, "Go ahead, figure it out." That's <laughs> Here, interesting. Here's a stage. That's what you can use. Other than that, figure it out. You can literally ask anybody in the school to like help you with whatever. Um, also, there was a lot of essay writing, like Ugh. a lot of fucking essay writing. E. Like I remember just like after school, going to the 
the drama hovel uh-huh. in the corner somewhere and then just practice writing essays because that was just like a part of the thing. Right. And they were very meaningless to me at the time. I guess they practiced discipline, but I didn't care about Greek theater or how it made me feel. No one does. Not really. Yeah. I gotta say, though, it's... I don't really care about the significance of a chorus. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, this year has been my big... Like, the most teaching I've done. It's so interesting to really see, yeah, school life from both sides of the yeah aisle, the desk. Yes. Yeah. It's like a really big responsibility, but it's also like really... Okay, I'm not surprising. It's very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I remember, like, because these kids had to do write sketches and they wrote like three, four drafts. Yeah. And by the fourth draft, I'm like, this is better than anything I've ever written. I'm nice. so proud. Aww. You know what I mean? Yeah. And when they shot it, I was like, this looks so great. And like, look, they're acting better than I would act. <laughs> I really hope they're not listening because I would never admit this to their faces. But yeah, it's good. It's so but satisfying. Isn't that the dream of every teacher, though, that their students surpass them? Yes. Or the nightmare of every teacher? Yes. Depending on what kind of teacher you are. No, no, it's all good. Like, <laughs> that's that's the thing too. But yeah, man, it's just like holy shit, this is so good. And then like to to be like to see them to see them implementing the things you taught them, it's like wow. Yeah. I get it. I get why teaching is so cool. Yeah. I'm gonna take a really hard left turn here. Do it. But speaking of teaching, do you hear about um another case in the National University of Singapore? What did he do? A Sexual mo- what did he do? A motherfucker named Dr. Jeremy Fernando. Very popular apparently. Well, he was like some kind of like not arts, but he was he taught in the arts, like okay, okay. you know, not sciencey things. Um, I don't know exactly what he taught, but yeah, there were several cases of sexual assault uh, filed against him, and um, the biggest thing about this story is that there's been very little transparency and very little acknowledgement, or very little description of what has been happening or why this person has been fired. They essentially just said, like, due to, like, um, uh, I, I should probably look up the facts yeah, look of it up. But this, this is NUS again, right? NUS again. What's up with NUS, man? They always got, like, some kind of scandal going on. I think because it's a big school, for one. I guess so. I mean, that's, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I, I, I truly don't know. Like, some some people say that it's because it's NUS that you always hear about it. The same way how like oh because a black person got shot you hear about it. You know mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Right, right, right. Where right. like the story will float to the surface because it's NUS. Yeah. As opposed to like SUTD person sexual assault. Is Never like, even heard of that school. So exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let me look up the thing. Uh, okay, I can't. I I I can't That's talk okay. and do it What's at the same time. What's Timbasu College? It's a part of NUS. Okay. Um, but essentially, it was so weird because it was so creepy because uh, he had written about like sexual conduct within like the classroom before, you know, or like relationships in the in the classroom before. Like um, as a subject matter, you mean? Yeah, and like he's also like put up some very interesting literature. Like for example. He put this, keeping in mind that teaching involves dissemination, spreading, growing, germination, trimming, cutting, pruning, quite possibly insemination. Thus, perhaps whether one likes it or not, to teach if by teaching one is opening one's student and oneself to possibilities, to the intelligence of the book, as it were, to whatever it is that we, both the student and the teacher, are thinking about. But it's, even if one is taking all care to say no, to teach is to already fuck one's students insofar as one is 
always also being fucked by her, him, ew. them. Ew, 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 ew. Yeah, ew, I don't. Ew, like, ew, 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 ew. Ew, what the fuck? Yeah, that's so, a quote from him. From when, when was that? When did he say that? I, I don't know when exactly, but he he writes papers because he's a fucking intellectual, right? <laughs> but that was one of the papers that he wrote. And I remember looking up another paper that he wrote where he was specifically talking about like the conduct, uh, like like re- like the the ethics and relationships and all that within a teacher student relationship or like within a classroom, and. It's just like red flags, bruh. Yeah. Red flags, first of all. But also like it's been it's 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 kinda of disappointing to see like how the NUS side has handled it. Because they have Ooh. already undergone so much scrutiny uh-huh. over the last few months, years, I don't know. Well, of be- like a lot of people getting off very easy. Right. For like all kinds Upskirts of bullshit and whatnot. Wait, sorry. This is, I just realized this is the same teacher. Like a couple, I don't know how long ago, months ago, he was going to give a talk on BDSM mm-hmm. that got canceled. Mm-hmm. So it's the same dude. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, sexual advances towards two students. The, oh my gosh, it's a hell of a thing, dude. No, it's not just two. There's multiple. It's just that two of them came out. Right. Two of them came out with their stories, and I'm hoping that more will do so soon. Um. Because, goddamn. Like, can you imagine that relationship between a student and a teacher? It's so... I mean, like, you know it more than, more than I do. But, like, it's... Oh, my God. It's one of those things that if you betray... Yeah. Like, you fuck up that person's perception of life in general. Of, yeah. of like, superior figure... Or, like, you know, people... Uh, uh, positions of power in general. Yeah. You completely fuck up that dynamic. And, like... I don't know, especially when you're a teacher, when you're supposed to be like, you know, giving knowledge, when you're supposed to be like, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. It's a gigantic one, which is why I don't know if I'll ever do it. <laughs> at the same time, it's like, but it's also a thing. I don't know. Did was that always? A, in every school I went to, girls always talked about the teacher they had a crush on. Yeah, I'm guessing this was that dude, except he didn't have the self, you know, to like awareness or ethics or. I don't know if this was the teacher that everyone had a crush on. I'm sure some did. Because he's a younger guy. Yeah. He's not like this 50, 60-year-old like, guy in, like, a, in, in pants tucked all the way up to his nipples. <laughs> but, yeah, he's a youngish guy. I don't know, like, mid to late 30s. But still, man, Jesus Christ. Like, it's... it's we, we, we've heard so much about how, like, power dynamics and, like, those plays come in, in, in yeah. it, w- w- when it comes to sexual assault or, like... Um, grooming or whatever it is and I just really hope that they find a transparent way to sort this out and also like to assure the students that like shit like this can't happen or like shit like this does happen why it happens or who did it and like all those things and, 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 and I don't know man yeah exactly like I'm reading this article now that says a student group uh, from NUS is called for the university to show some transparency and accountability following the dismissal. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah, because the dismissal was quite hush-hush in the sense that they just said, like, okay, there's some uh, sexual misconduct and then, like, open and shut case, pretty much. Yeah. But maybe it's early days, police investigations. I don't know. I can't say. Um, but this shit ain't right. Mm-hmm. Because I remember when I was going to secondary school, something similar happened as well. Really? No. Boy. Secondary school? Yeah. And it the was, fuck? And it was boys. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was messed up. I went to a boys' school. It was really messed up. It it, it, it was... Uh, I don't know, man. 
stuff like that it just irks me yeah. and like we, we funnily enough we just watched spotlight last great night great movie <laughs> <laughs> great movie tough subject matter tough subject matter um yeah but yeah man like it's 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 such a it's so important to let people know that this shit is not okay yeah because i'm pretty sure that you know in the 70s, 80s, 90s, or whatever, like even though it was taboo, it was somewhat tolerated, you know? Yeah. It was somewhat tolerated, like people in power kind of having their way with the ones below them. It was taboo. No one really spoke about yeah. it. Everyone kind of just like, you know, winked at it, nodded at yeah, it. Yeah, it was like, like they, said, they talked about similar stuff in the movie Spotlight, which yeah. if, if you're, it's a 2015 movie about the, uh, Basically, about this Boston newspaper that outed all the priests that were molesting boys, which is like fairly well known. And even so, that movie was set in 2001. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the 90s, like, I remember that it was like a thing. Oh, priests molest boys. Like, it was like something no one really spoke of, but it was like, it was a spotlight team that really, really brought it to light how fucking it, like, systemic and how yeah. terrible it was throughout the whole church worldwide. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they talked about the same thing. They were like, "Oh yeah, you know, there's that, you know, there's that priest that you avoid, but everything's fine." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like it's an open secret that everyone talks about, but no one ever really talks about how one, how widespread it is, and two, how terrible it is. Yeah. Don't don't diddle your students. Yeah, I, I I think like the the power dynamics is something that people have become a lot more aware of in the 21st century. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah, that they're aware that like okay, it's not because. Because I remember watching a few things on Netflix about trial by media. Right, right, right. And, and how people used to view rape as like, oh, what did the girl do? What did the woman do? Like, how was she involved? What was she wearing? You know, like, yeah. uh, did she ask for it? Like, you know, maybe she was being promiscuous yeah, or whatever. And, and There's I, so much of that bullshit that went around in the 90s, even early 2000s. Still now, dude. That's, yeah, Singapore still, still now because those people are still alive. Shit. Like, still now yeah. because those people are still alive. But, like, I'm happy that this new generation is starting to understand that, so. like, beyond just what you wear and how you act, there's also the inherent power dynamic that has... N- that has so much bearing over what happens and the decisions that you make. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the fucking shorts that you're wearing. It's more about the relationship between two people and how sometimes it's uneven. Um, yeah, like the the new generation is hearing that. Like I know the old generation, they'll, they'll, they'll fucking die on that hill and whatever. They'll, they'll be dead eventually. Um, I wish that was the truth, man. I wish that was the truth. We always think like these old ideas should die, like racism, for example, sexism. They don't die. It's a stupid ideas. I think it's well, like... no, they, they they don't die, but they morph, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Racism has morphed. Like I think it's fair to say that like there, all of us are uh, we we kind of get raised into a certain inherent racism. Mm. Like not all of us, most of us, we get raised in a certain inherent racism, and it's up to us to unlearn it. It's a very different kind of racism. It's not the kind that used to exist back in like the the the, the forties and fifties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, it, it's 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 almost like worse because it's subtle, <laughs> it's invisible. Um, but it's morphed. You know, it doesn't go away, but it changes, and may, like maybe it's a step forward. Mm. You know, maybe like just because it's it's still there doesn't mean it's 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 I, I don't know what point i'm trying to make here <laughs> i think i'm just trying to say that like it's 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 changed right yeah. 
it's still racism. It's, it's evolving. So hopefully it evolves further until it just becomes like, you know, 0.1% of what it used to be. Because huh. I don't think it's possible to get rid of racism completely. We're no. always going to be like, you know, it's a very human thing to be hardwired and like identify yeah, it's, what's it's different. tribalism, you know? Yeah, to identify what's different. Because like, I'll say it, like even even though like I could comfortably say I don't think I'm racist today, like I I was I definitely was raised in a certain environment where there weren't many other races. I yeah. went to a primary school that yeah, was yeah, yeah. mostly Chinese people. So I had like tendencies or biases towards races, you know, that I had to unlearn across like many, many years of just being among other people and learning about different cultures. Mm -hmm. Um, But that part is still there. It's still in my brain. Like I still see other races as other races, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I don't think we'll ever get rid of it unless we fundamentally change the human brain. But we can evolve it. We can change it. We can like mold it to fit the world a bit better. I don't we know. Just welcome the android apocalypse <laughs> when the greenhouse gases get too much and we all die. Or that, yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh, man. There's been some good movies coming out this week. <laughs> Another hard left turn. <laughs> yeah, you were saying just now. You're watching. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, I, I brought that up too early for sure. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's just it, continuing this whole thing of like stuff that happens that's being released due to COVID. Like there was just news. Uh, Disney announced that like Soul, mm-hmm. which I think is a Pixar movie that you'll be looking forward to, is is now only going to be on Disney Plus. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's a huge tentpole Pixar film. Yeah. Uh, Pixar Disney. Pixar. One of them. Pixar. It's by the same people that did Inside Out. I suspect it might possibly be like a sequel to Inside Out, like what? a secret sequel. That's crazy. What I mean, like that's a conspiracy. Mechanically, it's the same thing, right? I don't really know much about it. Like, no, it's it's essentially about like the soul of a person. Again, the, something to do with music. Um, ish. So, like, I think the the rough plot is where do we go when we die? This person, yeah, this person dies. Whoa. But then he, through some mishap, he accidentally finds himself in the place where, like, new souls end up. Oh. Like, new souls before they enter, like, babies and shit. Well, that's heavy. I think. I'm not sure if that's the exact plot, but that's what I gathered from the trailer. Um, And it looks aesthetically similar to Inside Out. And conceptually, it's like Inside Out. Conceptually, it's like, like, it's about the inner workings of the body or, like, the the mind or whatever. Um... I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's like a, a spiritual sequel. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's a secret sequel. I didn't mean to do that. Like, I'm, 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 I'm sure if you looked around, you'll see some inside out Easter eggs. Looking forward to it. You know, like those, those emotion orbs or something. <laughs> Man, yeah. and like God, and like an AMC in America just announced that they are in the quarter three, which we're in. They're expecting a ninety-one percent loss. Mm. Like fuck, a ninety-one percent fall in earnings. It's just like this is just a new paradigm. This is it. Mm-hmm. But like. And I don't know if we're if we're seeing the beginnings of, I think we're still seeing the last of the old paradigm. But I'm looking forward to seeing the first of the new. You know what I mean? You, you don't think it's gonna go back to how it used to be? Like even uh, after the no. pandemic's done? I don't know. Hard to see. Hard to imagine. Do you like, think it's because like everyone is gonna be so on edge after it's finished that like oh fuck this can happen? Because yeah. like b- previously like no one had thought that this could happen. They kind of just assumed that modern science has solved like 
things like this. I, I just think the damage has been done. So, the damage has been done already. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Because I mean, stuff is starting to come back. Productions are coming back. So we'll see. But like, anyway, um, yeah, two new movies came out on streaming that normally would receive, you know, normal releases, and they were both great. Which ones? One is uh, we watched. La- uh, you caught the second half last night, which is Love and Monsters. Yeah. Which was a great movie. It's mm-hmm. very fun. Mm-hmm. It's it it, it 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 walked this perfect line of like goofy but kind of serious mm-hmm. really good themes and like it does this thing which i'm I, I hope to see much more of uh it's i think it's a response to 2020 and that it was very positive right like it had really good vibes so it's it's love and monsters is about this guy dylan uh, o'brien he, that guy's great I love aka that the ya prince yeah the maze the, the maze runner himself <laughs> um so in the near future an asteroid is coming to hit the Earth. In response, humanity shoots all its nukes at it. Chemicals fall back to the Earth, create mutant monsters. Okay, get over that because it's pretty crazy. But anyway, the world is overtaken by giant mutant insects, bugs, amphibians, all this kind of shit. Yeah. And human- the last remaining members of humanity, uh, 95% of humanity dies out. The remaining 5% go underground to live and try to survive or whatever. Um, this is set, and then eight years later, this guy is trying to find his girlfriend or trying to get to his girlfriend. Right. Who? And then like that's the whole thing. And like it's about him learning to be brave and blah 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 and doing all this stuff and it's like it's a pretty high bar for special effects like it doesn't look like a plus special effects but it's good enough and it's a great movie I thought it looked I highly good. recommend it yeah it looks pretty good right yeah I thought it looked pretty good Michael Rooker's in it he's really fun mm-hmm. um, what's her name the Sandstake slash whatever the hell she's in the half Singaporean chick she's in it Jessica Natalie something Jessica Henwick yeah yeah I'm surprised I pulled that out of my that's brain. pretty good yeah that's a good pull. <laughs> She's in it. She's gorgeous. Really yeah. fun movie. Highly recommend it if you need like a little bit of... And then, yeah. So, like, it's a post-apocalyptic world. And usually it's like, oh, it's so sad. And yeah. everyone's backstabbing each other. And last can't... Like, they do away with all that shit. Like, people care about each other, want to support each other. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Just a little bit of... A little bit. A little bit. A little, a little bit. Bit. You can't not have it. A little sprinkle. So, check that out. And then the other movie that came out, which is like... What would be like an Oscar... Chicago. Chicago 7, man. The Trial Chicago of the Chicago 7. Seven. Directed, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Did you, watch, did you check it out? Still haven't seen it. It's um, great. I, I, I'm, I, I'm disappointed that you chose to watch it alone. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone else here would want to watch it, to be honest. I'd want to watch it. Why wouldn't I want to watch a fucking Aaron Sorkin film? I'll watch it right now. Let's watch it again. I'm uh, going to watch it again. I've got no time today. But, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, I wanted to watch it like... I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's all I need to know. (laughs) Hell of a cast, dude. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Eddie Redmayne, Sasha Sasha Baron Baron Cohen. The surprise, my favorite, is Jeremy Strong. Mm. uh, What's his name again? uh, Kendall from Succession. Yeah. He's great in that movie. Mm. It's a really good film. Check it out. Um, it's the most Sorkinist Sorkin thing I've ever heard. I'm sure it's cr- it's when Sorkin directs himself, it's like ridiculous. <laughs> like look at that, look at them playing jazz with their words. It's just dense as fuck. It, oh, it's so dense. Yeah, and it's like so quick, and like you know, what I get nervous about when Aaron Sorkin has to write people of color, because uh, he writes Bobby Seale, who is like the head of the Black Panther Party, but mm-hmm. he does a good job. I think <laughs> it's just weird. Um, but yeah, fuck, highly recommend. I'm curious. I haven't seen that many movies this week, but I've been like 
between work, I've just been like watching episodes of Taskmaster. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, this... yeah. You you got the whole apartment to watching that. Yeah. Which if I have like if I have some something mindless, I just put an episode on it. It's very fun. It's very very fun. So if you haven't seen or heard of Taskmaster, it's like a BBC or one of those yeah BBC British uh, things yeah whatever Channel Four or whatever. It's a British TV show. It's a British game show. Um, and I believe it follows the format of many like Korean game shows, Japanese something. It or feels Japanese like that. Game- I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure because I don't watch any. But uh, it's essentially like one season has like uh, uh, X number of contestants, and they stay throughout the entire season. And they're all comedians. They're all like, comedians, yeah, yeah. personalities. And Taskmaster is essentially just like here's a task, do it. And it's very. Like, the fun in it lies in the open-endedness of the tasks. Yeah. Like, like for example, the first episode's like, here's a giant block of ice. Get rid of it. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And they have access to, like, a house and, like, the stuff that's in the house. They can do anything. But they can do whatever they want. They can do whatever they want unless the rules explicitly state that they can't. Yeah. And um, it's so fun to watch people figure things out. But also, like, it's just, like, you know, something about dry British humor. Yes. And, like, the self-deprecatingness and, like succeeding in doing things but still being self-deprecating yeah, something, something about it is just like fun to watch it's very satisfying which it's, is why i think the american version didn't work because they try to do it with reggie watts as the host yeah, apparently it was a disaster oh yeah i really want to watch it though now check it <laughs> but um yeah it's a it's a great little show best part is they upload full episodes on youtube yeah they're all in you and they're like legit like they're official uploads right yeah yeah um and yeah go check that out like it's a it's a nice little time killer. It's also like a good thing to watch with the family. I think. Yeah, it's very it's very well, like it wholesome. Easy. It's pretty wholesome. I guess it's wholesome. They have like occasional sex jokes, but like not often. Right. Yeah. It's 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 fun for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I recently had a very random thought that I decided to look into, but it was because I was looking for movie trailers. Uh huh. And I'm pretty sure this happens if you are someone who watches movie trailers. Whenever you look up a movie trailer, you will never see the official trailer as the first video. Yeah, some random upload from some random Yeah, it's always going to be like Joe Blow movie trailers, movie clips, trailers.com. And then like you scroll down like to the end of the page and send these Paramount pictures (laughs) or like, you know, Universal pictures. It depends on the size of the movie. If it's a huge, huge movie, then it will be the official one first, Mm. I've noticed. But if Mm. it's like a medium low... At least that's my experience. Why do you think that is, though? I remember, like, looking for the Batman trailer. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't... And, like, I couldn't even find the Warner Brothers one. Like, that's it, so it was every other channel. So I decided to look it up. Because, like, my first thought was, like, why the fuck aren't they getting, like, copyrighted? Like, why, like, why aren't they getting... Like, are they getting paid? Are these channels mm. getting paid to basically re-upload these videos? And they're getting ad revenue from it? Because... Your average movie trailer channel, mm-hmm. they get views in the hundreds of millions, some yeah. in the billions. Like in really? terms of yeah, in terms of total For views. unofficial movie trailers, like or unofficial channels. Yeah, like if I see those numbers, it's usually the official one. No, no, no I'm talking about like as a channel collectively because they upload. Oh, okay, yeah, sure. All the trailers they upload. All the trailers, regardless of what fucking movie it is, yeah. and their views, their total views can amount to the yeah. billions. So you looked this up. You researched it. I researched it. Like, I, find, I find it very interesting because I'm just wondering, like, do they just have better SEO? Like, how do they do it? No, because like, my big question was, how is this legal? Right. My big question was, how is this legal? And, and like, if it is, are they making ad revenue from it? 
Because if they are, then that's a real bullshit system. Mm. Because you know how like strict YouTube is with like copyright and like you and like putting clips up, right? But for some reason, you can ho- put like an entire movie trailer wholesale. So that was my big question. Because I mean, at the end of the day, it's a marketing thing. So yeah. It's like, so know. it turns out these channels they don't get any of the ad revenue. It goes to the studio. Okay. Apparently, I don't know how true this is because then the question comes. But there's multiple; stu- they're uploading trailers from every fucking studio. Yeah, and then what's in it for them? So are they specifically like putting out the studios? So like the studios, pretty much they get free marketing. They get like more channels putting up their trailers. Um, yeah, and also like oh, fuck, what was that thing? Um, some channels have a special relationship with the studio mm-hmm. where like, you know, the channels that get the billions of views, they'll the channels it. that get more views than their studio. They get a couple hours early or something. No, no, no. They have a special relationship in the sense where like they will get some of the ad revenue. Oh, yeah. okay. Because the, the the main question I had was that if these guys are making money off of this, then mm-hmm. this is a bullshit system mm-hmm. because you have people who create original content yeah. and get their stuff taken down just because they put a song in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And then on the other hand, you have some guy just downloading a trailer and uploading it on their channel. Maybe they just change the thumbnail to something a bit more clickbaity. Yeah. And then they get like 24 million views. And now my big question is, do they get the ad revenue? Turns out they don't really. Some do. The bigger channels do because they amass more views than the official so, studio channels so themselves. What's in, it, what's in it for them? What's in it for the... The, YouTube, the channels. I'm not sure. I guess just views? <laughs> just the knowledge of like, I did it. I spread it a movie trailer. Yeah, I think just views. But also maybe some of them put like, you know, merch ads at the end or something. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I truly don't know. But it's it's weird. It is pretty weird. It's weird and it bothers me. <laughs> Like, I don't I don't know why it bothers me, but it, it bothers, bothers me, me a little bit. Like when I look up a trailer, like the first five results won't be the official one, and I'd be like, mm. and I don't know if it's like a placebo, but I feel like the quality is usually it's not, not that good. It's not. Yeah, it's right. Not, it's not a placebo. It's not as good. It is right. It's, it's just like, straight up not as good. Yeah, they. It's not in four K or ten eighty or whatever it is. It's just not as good. It's blurry. It's yeah, like shit. Exactly. And they always have clickbaity thumbnails. Of like some oversaturated bullshit that's not even from the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> rant over. I'm sorry. It's a good rant. It's a good rant. <laughs> uh, you know, it looks like we're on the verge of going into phase three here in Singapore, Nathan. Ooh-wee. So we might get a chance to go to actual movie theaters. I'm just sick of wearing masks. Like there's this phenomenon people are We've talking about. We've already been to a movie theater. Yeah, it was okay. It sucked. It was Tenant. Um, <laughs> people are talking about... Uh, pl- uh, pandemic fatigue and that's what i'm feeling it too it's like i'm tired of wearing masks i'm yeah. tired of not being able to perform dude that's why um the cases are rising so much in europe oh yeah because okay there's many many reasons but like the two biggest reasons are a pandemic fatigue because people are just like over Fuck it they're over it Fuck like they're, they're aware of it but they're also just kind of like over it you yeah know? Like, they're just not as strict or they're not as paranoid. They'll yeah. follow the rules, sort of, kind of. But, like, you know, in general, it's like, ugh. And the second reason, because it's getting colder over there. So, more people are gathering yeah, indoors. Gathering indoors. So, like, um, I have a friend who went to the Netherlands recently. And I don't know if you've seen the Netherlands coronavirus chart. No, I'll check it out right now, though. Look it up right now. And, um, yeah, it's it's a doozy. I don't know how it happened, but it just whoosh. Um. Oh God! Oh, good Lord! Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. I'm not sure what the politics are behind it, or if there are politics behind it. Yeah, because like, okay, so I'm looking at their chart now. It looks like it just looks like a fucking 
I don't even know how to, it looks like a half pipe. Um, so like the and it the, looks like a reverse L. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So before, so it started cl- this ascent in September, right? So before then, their peak was back in April. It was like thirteen hundred new cases per day in a, in a day, and then just yesterday it was seven thousand two hundred seventy one. Yeah. So, Jesus. Yeah. So I think it's like a it's like a mix of the two factors and a bunch of others. I'm sure. What the fuck? Is of going like pandemic on? fatigue, winter's coming. Um, maybe there's some people thinking it's like a hoax or whatever. I don't know. It's not so bad. I think a lot of people are thinking it's not that bad. Uh, um, but I feel you. I feel that like, kind of like I'm over it. I know. But like, but, I'm but, still but, be but vigilant. Reali- but realistically, and as heartbreaking as this might sound. You know, you know the whole meme of twenty twenty, the year, yep. the, the worst year, it, it, and and how people might be looking forward to the new years because you know once New Year's hits, it's like oh twenty twenty, it's done, fuck you, e- bye. No. But it's not gonna be over, dude. It's not, it's not gonna be over in twenty twenty one. It's not gonna be over. It's still gonna go on for a little bit more before it gets better. So um, I guess I just urge that everyone hangs in there. Um, I think Singapore is pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're for doing, now. We're doing it. We do it for now, unless something changes, in the sense of like you know, if they start opening the borders and some people sneak in or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for now, things are things are going all right. But the thing about the in this week's pandemic talk, I hey. guess the thing that made me super curious is that the bell has already been rung in the sense that like now everyone is aware that this is a thing that can happen. Because I don't think, besides, you know, chronic germaphobes, I don't think anybody ever thought about the germs that they might catch when they go to a music festival mm. or a concert mm. or like a movie. Mm. Like, I don't think that thought is even in the top 50 of the things that cross their mind when they go into a crowded area. Yeah. But now it's at the forefront or at least it's part of their consciousness and i'm so curious how that's going to change things or how that's going to affect like that's why when you say like the damage has been done yeah like how i see it is like maybe the damage has been done in this aspect that you cannot reverse how people think anymore that like now like they're going to think twice before they mosh Ugh. you know <laughs> or like there's just so much more awareness of what well, mosh pits are pretty gross to begin with <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't think anyone has ever thought, you know, oh, I'm going to Coachella. I hope I don't catch any germs <laughs> other than, you know, STDs. Like STDs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but People uh, are hoping for them. Mm, exactly. Um, but, man, I, I'm so curious how that's going to change the world. Um, but another interesting thing in a positive, in a more positive light, yeah. um, I was speaking to uh, uh, my friend, well, our friend and friend of the show, Carla, hey. um, recently. And she was saying that uh, her friend's nieces, who are very young, uh-huh. they, they, they're they like three or four, and they go to like nursery? It probably, yeah. Toddler school? Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. They got the COVID? <laughs> no. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure where this is going. Like, it's I said positive. Oh, okay. <laughs> they got the COVID. They were positive for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. no. Um, That's good. So apparently, because everyone is wearing masks, everyone is wearing masks in the school. Uh um, They they don't see the full human face. Uh They just don't have access to the full human face in in, in a very social environment. But when kind of given cues about emotions and like Mm -hmm. reading emotions, Mm -hmm. 
apparently these kids are getting it right like all the wow. time. Wow. So it's so, increasing EQ. Yeah. That's crazy. Like the pandemic could end like it, we could wind up with a bunch of like really high EQ kids in 2040. That's scary. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. It's, it's progress. I know just the number is scary, but like, yeah. Yeah, the number, like, I just thought of like the year 2040. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I still can't get over is that like, okay, going back to like speaking about teaching, like at improv company, I have these students um, that I haven't seen their chins until we decided to get drinks after our class one day. And I was like, oh, that's what you look like. Duh. Such a weird experience to know someone, but never see their nose, mouth, and chin. Cheeks, I guess. <laughs> Have you had that experience yet of meeting someone and like, I know you as a person, but no. I've never seen your fucking face? No. It is weird. Because I, I, I haven't been put in those social exactly. situations Yeah, you yet. haven't really had to. Yeah. Like everyone that I've hung out with in the last is, has been, you know, people I know. Yeah. Um, you can remember their faces. Yeah, but that's weird. It is really weird. <laughs> it's just like, oh. And it's never what you expected. <laughs> <laughs> For one reason or another. <laughs> It's just like, oh, okay, that's your face. Oh, okay. And they have to readjust to like understand. Like, I know it's like it's like everyone has two faces to me now. Like, I know what you look like with a mask on. I know what you look like with your mask off, and they're completely different looking people. That's why some people get their faces printed on a mask. I have yet to see that. I've seen it twice. That and is it's so terrifying. Weird. Yeah, that's it's, horror stuff. It's terrifying, but it's. It, I kind of want to do it. Do it. <laughs> no, I don't want people looking at me. No, you you do your face. I'll do my face, and then we'll trade. That's nah, fucking. That'll be weird. That's horrible. Oh, speaking uh, of horrible. Hey, really quick. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wanted to share a note that someone sent us on the Instagrams because mm. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, and yeah, if you want to contact us, yeah, do it to Instagram. It's the best way to do it. Follow us. Search for Good Hang. Uh, this is from YJ, and they say. Hey guys, I'm a Singaporean who recently moved to Perth, good luck, uh, and have been listening, more like binging if I'm being honest, yeah, uh, great stuff, blah, blah, blah. They said, regarding your social dilemma ex- uh, episode, I was probably listening to you in the to your podcast in the car or something, and I think Facebook heard you guys because it picked up on one of the time you talked about the acupuncture mat, which is right next to me. Oh my God. And now my Facebook is full of ads for them. Thanks, but no thanks. Oh no. Anyway, keep it the fabulous worth. So we're so sorry, YJ. Okay, so I have two theories. Two theories. The Occam's Razor theory is yes, your phone is listening to you. <laughs> that's the simplest one. That's that's sad. That's, that's yeah. scary. That's the that's the Occam's Razor. Yeah, is that your phone is listening to you, and that's what happened. Um, second theory is that um, some kind of voice recognition software beyond our understanding is collecting metadata on every podcast that we do. Okay. You know the same way how like Instagram has metadata on okay. like photographs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the reason why if you look at titties, you're going to keep getting titties right. is because they have metadata on every single photograph. Like they can identify what a photograph consists of. So like... Um, I don't know if any of you guys have ever experienced this, but like if you kind of break, if you look at the code of Instagram, like you can go to the little code thing in the yeah, yeah, window yeah. Uh, on, on your computer. You can actually see the identifiers that they put on these photographs. They'll put like mountain, bicycle, river, and then the next photo, girl, swimsuit, beach. Right, right, right. You right. know? So they'll put, they'll, they'll kind of have this, these metadata tags. So maybe our podcasts is also undergoing the same kind of recognition software and they're putting the metadata through. So the moment you downloaded our podcast, it's like, oh, this person downloaded a podcast that mentioned the Shakti mat and then the Shakti people, like, you know, 
I don't like it. I don't like it. Either way, it's bad because it's either your phone is listening to you or someone is like compartmentalizing every single word that we say. Or it's a coincidence? No. <laughs> no it's not. Get me. Oh, God. Or or the third the third explanation, which is no it's also valid. It's also valid. Is that like it's just predicting your actions? It's Jesus. predicting. It's predicting what you might want in the future. Jesus. And maybe, maybe YJ, you've been experiencing some body pains. Maybe you have been undergoing some kind of tension that yeah. needs to be relieved. Maybe you were y- googling yoga and like massage, and it kind yeah. of put them together. Yeah. But I will say, and this is not an ad, and I'm not trying to make more Shakti mats appear in your Instagram feeds. But I've been using it for like what three weeks now, uh-huh. like almost every day. Wow, dude, my back tension is gone. That's amazing. <laughs> like it's fucking it's crazy. Like it's, it's like the only tension that I feel now in my back comes uh-huh. from like exercise, like right. muscle aches. That's good. But there's like no fucking tension, and it's such a weird feeling to not have pain. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really strange. It's just like oh, it's it's this is what it's like. It's not there. <laughs> And it's also like it's also fun to like be able to lie down on that now immediately and not feel anything. Okay, maybe I should get back on it. Try it, dude. No, it's 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 rough. It's rough, but like after like the first week or two, like now I can just get on it. Like, and I and maybe now you should get a tattoo. And within like five seconds, like I I I I feel nothing. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should take this up a notch. Maybe use knives. Ooh. And you can have a new source of revenue. I would need like five thousand knives, though, because it's the whole like you know, bit of nails theory. Yeah, you can't stick one nail in your body, but if you if you spread across the surface area, yeah, that's how a shakti mat works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, you can be that. That can be your new gig. You new new thing. You can play gigs while on it. You can just bring your guitar on. A bit of knives. Yeah, it could be like an album cover. What happened to like bed of knives, uh, bed of nail jokes? Remember, like that was that used to be such a thing. Bed or, of nail jokes, like bed of nail in general, like bed beds of nails in general. I I remember like in seeing, society. I just remember seeing that a lot more in like cartoons and TV and like sitcoms yeah. and like everything and movies. I guess it got played out. Yeah, like, it was a fad. It phased out the same way how like quicksand phased out. You know, quicksand. I can relate to more. You don't see quicksand. As you don't much see quicksand at all, man. Yeah. You don't. Has see... quicksand even been in Jumanji? It wasn't Jumanji. The new Jumanjis? Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, has it? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. Legit, when I was a kid, I was genuinely afraid of quicksand. Yeah. Because it's everywhere. Like, every cartoon, every show, everything, like, one of the plot devices would be quicksand. Huh. And I also felt like A Bed of Nails was one of those things. It wasn't a plot device, but it was like a thing. That like, walking appear. on coals. Walking on Has that vibe, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's come out of, that's gone out of favor. Yeah. Huh. It's just not so much in the zeitgeist. <laughs> Bring back quicksand. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Exactly. Bring it back. Um is there anything else you want to talk about? Like politics, you know, like the unavoidable thing that's like it's every fucking where now because the election's coming in the US. You know, and do- the world is not like, you know, whether you want to acknowledge it or not, when when the when the US has such a huge political shift, it changes the world. You know what? I want to give a if you guys are uh Sick of the shit that's putting right in your face. Uh, Google Pete. Uh, look up Pete Buttigieg. Good luck spelling it. I'm not gonna try. And what B-U-T- he's been doing. I think that's right. And what he's been doing on Fox News. 
So Pete Buttigieg is he ran for president on the he ran for the nomination of the Democratic ticket, but he's been appearing on Fox News, which is of course very uh, Republican and right leaning, yeah. and just like just having chats, yeah, defending abortion and talking about all this shit. He's doing such a great job, yeah. And it's it's really fun to watch him talk. He's been doing it for a while. I remember he's seeing for him a while. pop up like a, like a few months ago and just like talking, having a nice little discourse. It's just interesting, like that Fox News is allowed to exist. I think I just I put him in my notes, and I think I just spelled the Korean army stew. Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cartoon character, right? Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> just, just a just a bowl of army stew with a tie. It would definitely get him, it would definitely get him the Korean American vote. It would for sure. Yeah, new ad campaign. Buttigieg twenty twenty four. Military. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah that's know. all. I'm starving. You're starving. And we b- b- all the way back around because my favorite instant noodles is I forgot the brand, but there's a Samyang. there's a is it Samyang. there's a Budajige instant noodles. It's fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Like it's legit. Like I eat it, and I'm like I don't feel like this is like instant noodles. It feels like it's restaurant quality, <laughs> especially when you because you can you can put, put in a your slice own pork, of cheese in there, put in cheese, which makes a huge difference. Yeah, makes it all creamy and delicious. I'm starving. My favorite instant noodle is. Hmm. I I don't want to say Indomie because like that's on I, brand. Well, no, it's because I don't even see Indomie as like an instant noodle. Like Indomie, it's like to me, it's like a separate entity. It's like a separate food group. It's it's more of like that's a given. That's just always going to be a part of my life because I've literally been making it for since I was like eight years old. Right. So like I don't even count that as an instant noodle. It's just. It's just like a, a subsection of my life as a person. Sure. <laughs> but my favorite instant noodle, I don't know, Nongshim Black? It's pretty dope. Is that the one that's like really spicy? No, not very. Mm. But Nongshim Black is pretty dope. And um, the. And this is going to gross some people out, maybe. But like the Laksa Cup noodles are really good. By, by Cup Noodles? Yeah. By Nissen? Yeah. I don't think I've ever tried it. I really like the Laksa Cup noodles. Like, I. I Something about it, even though I know it doesn't taste like real laksa, like it's pretty, it's still pretty damn great. <laughs> and like the mushroom, the mushroom chicken one by Cup Noodles, that one's just oh, that not, one's wow, I haven't had that in a long time, but that used to be my favorite. That I one's used to just get that all the time. That one's just nostalgic, yeah, because like it tastes like childhood. Oh, <laughs> it tastes like childhood, and it also. It was the default flavor that they would give you back when they used to serve Cup Noodles on the plane. Uh huh. And really? they don't do that, yeah. And they don't do that as much anymore because they don't like doing it. Because when they, <laughs> when you order cup noodles on a plane, apparently, like the steward, the the the, the flight attendants burn themselves constantly. No, no, they just <laughs> don't like it because the moment someone orders it, fifty other people oh, will order it. Yeah, because it Cause walks the, yeah, the, the smell is just obvious. That like the moment like the person opens it, <laughs> the smell just goes everywhere, and then suddenly you have sixty different people going like, oh, I love what they're having. I also one. <laughs> And then uh, they have to end up like boiling fifty liters of water. Speak. I still haven't tried your fancy ramen, instant ramen that you have. Which one? Uh, Ichiran ramen Hakata style. Is that what you have? I don't know. Because I just googled. Like I was looking for my the ramen that I grew up in childhood, right. and the link came up. And like, is this the ramen you have? Like this fancy box thing? Let me see. Yeah, that's yeah. Ichiran. What is that? Let's try that. I'm Want to try it? I'm hungry. Sure. Yeah. I'm hungry too. 
Also, I, I have a work thing in like 10 minutes. Shit. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Perfect timing. Thanks for the hang. Thanks. Whoa, what an abrupt. That was very yeah. abrupt. Let's, Hold let's, on. Let's, let's ease, just ease, ease it into it. Ease landing a bit. Um, so, um, so thank you. hope you're happy. For the talk. Have some food. <laughs> yes. Um, enjoy some food. We hope we made you hungry and happy. And Check out Taskmaster. Check out Taskmaster. Check, check out the Chicago 7 and Love and Robots. Love, Love and, and Monsters. monsters. <laughs> Love and Robots is a That's different a different thing. thing. It's it's less happy. It's much less happy. It's actually pretty bleak. Some of it's pretty fun though. All but, right, cool. Thanks for the hang. Bye. It's much better. We did it. Place to be. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. It's a good day for a good time with a good hang. What a good way, what a good sign, what a good thing It's a good day for a good time with a good hang